This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, when it comes to the latest generation of cannabis products, the rollout today, uh, I don't know how significant it was, but 59 new products, as Danny was mentioning, being sh- stocked in the Ontario Cannabis Store. That includes edibles, beverages, lotions, and concentrates. Although uh, now we're hearing again, supplies are tight, the products could sell out quickly. So what does this all mean going forward? Uh, there have been a number of developments of uh, late that are significant when it comes to the whole cannabis landscape. Let's get the details from Mitchell Osak, consulting partner and cannabis advisory lead at MNPLLP. Mitchell, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thank you, John. Great to be here, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy, happy, joy, joy. All these folks, you know, uh, who were anticipating the rollout of the new product line, 59 new products. Uh, These retail stores can stock them, but they're saying supplies are tight. Are we going to face the same dilemma we did with the initial rollout just over a year ago? More than likely, John. Um, you will get some some fast sellouts, and you'll also end up getting product that sits on the shelf for months and then unfortunately ends up being returned to the uh, licensed producer. So it will be a repeat of last year, but I think uh, licensed producers are a little smarter now than they were before. Money is a lot tighter than it was, so you're not going to see the big gambles that we saw over a year ago. A lot of people had to eat them, no pun intended, but uh, basically write-downs were pretty significant at the tail end of the year, weren't they? They were, and they will get a lot uglier as we roll out into the next three to six months of this of this calendar year. So what's that going to do, shake out some of the folks who uh, aren't really as firmly grounded? Uh, that's fair to say. Um, these these write-downs are uh, solely needed um, for a variety of reasons. I think it's about resetting the actual market value of these corporations uh, versus what the public markets value them at over the last year. So badly needed, but it's it's the necessary pain the industry has to go through uh, to, to emerge the others from the other side. And so these retail stores that start stocking the product or have as of today, uh, I guess they go online uh, on January 16th, so uh, still 10 days out. but. These retail, what's going on with the retail landscape? Now, the government shifted, so uh, the lottery system is going to be no more, and uh, what will be the new process for determining who can get a license to supply? Well, or, the new pro- or to sell, rather. Go ahead. Right. So the new process is, uh, is, a, is, is something that we didn't see in 2018. So to your point, no more lottery. Now uh, the government is welcoming applications, um, Putting forth an application does not mean that you get a retail license. You still will have to be properly vetted, and your your business uh, will have to be properly vetted. But the government is targeting, uh, beginning in April, I believe, 20 approvals a month. So in the best-case scenario, we'll, we'll see 20 new retail establishments every month to roughly 1,000 uh, stores by, I think, the end of next year. And some of the people who have had it for a year already, the initial lottery winners of the 25, I guess that was the initial tranche, uh, of which I think there were actually 24 realized, uh, they can now sell legally, can they not? They can sell legally and they can sell flour as well as edibles. Right. What I meant is they can actually flip their store. They didn't have to retain an interest in it any longer. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, So we're going to see, maybe that's going to become the wave of the future, though. Uh, People open, you know. Quick, uh, they think they'll make a quick profit, but that's not necessarily the way uh, this all works. Uh, again, we're talking about these uh, new products that have been rolled out by the Ontario Cannabis Store, 59 of which, edibles, beverages, lotions, and concentrates. 
I'm kind of curious, Mitchell, on the pricing. Uh, the legally sold edibles ranging in price from seven to fourteen dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. Beverages between four and ten, and vapes priced anywhere from twenty-five to a hundred and twenty-five. Why the high end on the vapes? What's going on there? Well, first and foremost, any legal product that has to go through the, the rigorous Health Canada compliance um, regulations and policies is by its nature going to be more expensive than something that's being manufactured illegally um, in the black market. So right off the bat, because legal operators have to do a lot more around insurance standards and quality control. The product is going to be more expensive. So that's not surprising. Um, What we're also seeing is the government wholesalers taking a fairly healthy uh, markup relative to what perhaps a private sector wholesaler would take. So on average, let's say in Ontario, um, you might see uh, wholesale markups around 60, 70% of the cost. In Newfoundland, it's upwards of 80 or 90%. You wouldn't see those kinds of markups with a private sector wholesaler. So that extra markup by the OCS, Ontario Cannabis Store, will add extra cost. And the third fact, I think, which is really important, is that you're going to be seeing likely a lot of innovation in a lot of the edibles that are coming out in the market now. It's not always a Me Too product and what you're able to buy in the black market, which would be packaged in a very simplistic, crude way and so on and so forth. You're going to see a lot more value and quality in the products that are being sold illegally. That comes with a price. Well, that's interesting. I mean, the black market, how does it do uh, when it comes to things like edibles, beverages, and vaping products uh, that can get rather expensive? How's the black market faring? Well, I'm not a black market producer, but what I've heard is that, you know, these products, these cookies, these gummies, or what have you, chocolate, is are often manufactured in a kitchen somewhere or in a small little um you know, operation in the basement of somebody's house or an industrial unit. What we're talking about in the legal economy are formal packaging lines with strict regulations, with, in many cases, um, highly trained and unionized workers. It's a completely different thing. So the illegal economy doesn't have to compete the same way that the legal cannabis producers do. And because of that, you won't get the sophistication and the R&D and the innovation and the packaging. Um, that you're going to get with the licensed producers. The the illegal economy still has a slight advantage, both on, on a price basis, on um, access, because you don't have to go to a store to get it. You can just call up your buddy. And in terms of the type of selection, we're limited in Canada to a maximum of 10 milligrams of THC per, per dose, so to speak. You don't have any of those limitations in the black market. Well, this is why I was wondering how competitive they are uh, or if, in fact, uh, there's a the trust factor. You know, do people know what they're ingesting if they're getting it on the black market? I guess, you know, with a product that you smoke, uh, you may have, you know, a greater sense of uh, security or feeling that, uh, you know, they're not really tampering too much with the product. But edibles, I mean, beverages, uh, is that another matter then? Yeah, I, I would say for the vast majority of Canadians, they would and ought to be concerned about what they're getting in their black market edibles. What we've seen in the United States, for example, where in some markets like Colorado or California, edibles have been legal for a lot longer than one day, like we have here, is that the edibles 
legal edibles share of the market has has increased gradually year over year to the point where it supplants about 80% of the illicit or the black market edibles market. So consumers tend to vote for consistency, for brands, for quality and for innovation. And in the long run, only the legal economy can deliver that. In the short term, where you don't have a lot of those things and you have issues like product supply challenges and higher prices, uh, it's going to be a little bit choppy. But over the next 6 to 12 months, you will start to see, we should start to see the legal cannabis edibles market starting to gain a lot of traction. Again, with Mitchell Osak. Finally, I've got to ask you, uh, you are the cannabis expert, all things cannabis, Aurora Cannabis. Uh, they've listed their greenhouse in Exeter for sale for $17 million, and uh, a lot of critics are sort of uh, raising their eyebrows, saying this implies massive write-downs that might be coming. Uh, this is a 22-acre greenhouse, 15,000-square-foot propagation area on the airport line in Exeter. Uh They obtained this as part of their $3.2 billion acquisition of Med Relief Corp. in 2018. So a year and change later, they're looking to unload. Uh, Is this an ominous sign? Um, It's an ominous sign for Aurora as well as for every licensed producer. Write-downs have already started. Um, This is not the first, and it certainly won't be in the last. We'll see write-downs around inventory, around uh, goodwill on balance sheets, um, and we shouldn't be surprised only because there's a lot of assets that are on the balance sheet of these firms that are valued historically a lot higher than they should be valued right now. And this is an issue uh, for each of these companies. And at a certain moment, you have to take your pain meds and you have to learn how to deal with this. So Aurora is doing the right thing in terms of doing that. What they're also trying to do is free up some cash. Mm because many firms are hitting a bit of a cash crunch right now and need to divest themselves of assets or real set that they don't really need. This wasn't a facility that they needed. And they also need to start conserving cash because we don't know how edibles are going to roll out. I'm optimistic, but if it's anything like the introduction of legalization of flour, it may be choppy. And if it's choppy, you want to be conserving cash right now. Yeah, uh, so many were hung out to dry, as we said earlier. But what's yeah. the kicker here is the investors didn't know that Aurora was trying to sell this uh, warehouse out there in Exeter. And uh, they even issued a corporate update as recently as December 23rd. And yet nobody knew. I mean, uh, that sort of belies any kind of, uh, I don't know, responsibility to shareholders or a due diligence or something like that, doesn't it? Well, I don't know exactly what happened in that case. But what I will say is investors like predictability and transparency. And we didn't see it in this particular case. But uh, let me say Aurora is not the only one that could be accused of this. And it's, and it's been happening in different pockets of the industry. But write-downs are not uncommon. Canopy did a, a write-down. A variety of other licensed producers have done write-downs over the past six months. So it's certainly not unique to them. But the way they did it, you know, raises questions. And it unfortunately raises questions for the entire industry. But like a lot of industries that are relatively new, you know, there are a number of bad apples that are potentially spoiling it for everyone. But it's one of those things that most companies are going to have to manage very adroitly. So, so in fact, their stocks prices don't get hammered even more because of an element of distrust that enters into it. Yeah. Well, it seems like uh, the great gold rush everybody was anticipating uh, may not have fully come to fruition. Mitchell, I appreciate your giving us an overview. Thanks as always. 
Thank you, John. All the best. You got it. Mitchell Osak, consulting partner and cannabis advisory lead with MNPLLP. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 